This is Dropped Among This Crowd, a podcast that dives into the music and community of improvisational progressive rock band, Umphreys McGee. Each week will feature a rotating schedule of insightful full show recaps, interviews with fellow Umphreaks, members of Team UM, as well as other musicians who have been inspired by and or played with the band. This is your place for all the latest news and happenings within the world of Umphreys, helping keep you informed on what's been recently released or where you can catch the next show. I'm your host, Sarah Jahimiak. Thanks for joining me as we dive in. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me for this week of Dropped Among This Crowd. I hope that you were able to check out last week's episode that included a complete rundown of Brendan and Jake stuck in park live from the lot at Boomer Stadium in Schaumburg, Illinois on October 16th. If you missed that, there is a link in the show notes where you can give that a listen. Before we get into this week, I want to mention the holiday sale going on on the show's Etsy store until December 13th. Get 10% off anything in the store with free shipping on orders over $35. There's a brand new ornament that was just released. Only a few of those remain, designed by the amazing Ren Design. And also a new color has dropped of the holographic stickers, so check that out. There is a link in the show notes where you can shop. There are also holiday rates going on for advertising either here on the podcast, in Conduit E-Magazine, or both. There's a bunch of different options that we can chat about to fit the needs of you and your small business. And there's also an option to have a holiday shout out or well wish put in the December issue of Conduit E-Magazine. Very excited to be offering that this year. So if there's something that's striking your fancy, send an email to droppedamongthiscrowdpod at gmail.com and we'll chat more about everything that's offered. Thank you so much for your support, guys. You're all so amazing. Do you have a small business that makes shirts, pins, jewelry, stickers, prints, or sells other interesting products or art that you think peeps would love to get their hands on? Is your band looking to get some attention from fellow music-loving umfreaks? Maybe you provide an awesome service that could make folks' lives better or easier and want some like-minded clientele? Or perhaps you're looking to hire some cool people to work with. Let Dropped Among This Crowd and Conduit E-Magazine help you get the word out. With ad space in monthly issues of Conduit, commercial spots on the podcast, ticket giveaways, social media plugs, product reviews, guest spots on the show, and more, Dropped Among This Crowd and Conduit can help you reach tons of fellow umphreaks, musicians, and other kind folks looking to purchase from you, work with you, and support their fellow umph family. Email droppedamongthiscrowdpod at gmail.com or conduitemagazine at gmail.com if you're interested in chatting more about the amazing packages we offer.
This week, I am excited to bring you my conversation with psychedelic rock band of Clocks and Clouds guitarist and lead vocalist Joe Salgo. Joe and I chatted a few weeks ago about a whole bunch of topics, of course, his band and how he came up with the name, how the pandemic has affected them, a little of his thoughts on the future of live music, what it was like being a manager at New York City music venue and bar American Beauty, how Umphreys McGee has inspired him, what song he would play with the band if he had the opportunity to do a sit-in, what being an Umphreak parent means to him, and a bunch more. Such an awesome conversation. I know you guys are really going to enjoy this one. Throughout this episode, you will hear tunes from Of Clocks and Clouds' new release, live from Nightlight Music Festival 2019, available now everywhere to stream. And you'll also find links in the show notes where you can listen. There's also a link in the show notes where you can watch the video of my chat with Joe and where you can check out the video of the band's performance at Nightlights on YouTube. So definitely check that out. The tunes I liked from this album were Django, Worst Look, and Hole in My Head Part 2. Definitely give this a spin. I think you'll enjoy it. Thank you so much, Joe, for your time. It was a pleasure to meet you and hang out, air quotes, and learn more about your music, your band, your journey to Umphreys, all the other stuff that we talked about. It was really a pleasure. Thank you for your time. I'm really looking forward to catching your band play when we can enjoy some live music again. This week's episode, I want to tell you a little bit more about the Save Our Stages Act and the National Independent Venue Association. I'm sure I don't have to tell you that 90% of independent venues could close permanently because of the impact that the COVID-19 pandemic has had on the live music industry. 
There, unfortunately, have been some venues that had to make the difficult decision to permanently close their doors. We can help save our favorite venues with the National Independent Venue Association in asking Congress to pass the Save Our Stages Act. It's been passed in the House of Representatives, but it's not a law yet. NEVA is pushing for it to be part of the next COVID relief package, providing critical funding to help independent venues survive. Even if you've done this already, you can take meaningful action again by contacting your local legislators in just 30 seconds at SaveOurStages.com. There's a link in the show notes where you can head right to their page and let your congressional representatives know how important the live music industry is and why it's so crucial to save our stages. conversation with guitarist and lead vocalist for Of Clocks and Clouds, Joe Salgo. We have a newborn. And oh, congratulations. Yeah, oh my goodness. She's going to be 21 weeks on Monday. Oh and, wow. Uh, Little. Yeah, she's so cute. Um, her name is Lenora. We're calling her Lenny. That's all. Oh my goodness. Look at that hair. Right? Wow, those eyes. Oh my God. So what has that been like having a newborn during COVID? Uh, it's been, you know, there's there's a couple of different ways of looking at it, right? It's like, yeah, um, you know, my wife and I, we've been able to survive in our studio apartment um this whole time together with a newborn. Um, and it's been it's been challenging, you know, but uh at the same time, like you know, I was going to concerts three, 
three or four nights a week before this. I'm not missing anything at this point, right? So <laughs> actually, yeah, it's, it's like the, the bright side is like, you know, everyone is stuck in their house with nothing to do. At least I have something a little wholesome to keep me from, you know, boozing myself and whatever and myself into oblivion, you know? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's actually a really great way yeah, to look so that's at it. My positive <laughs> takeaway. The short answer is it everything is everything is good. You know, I miss I miss live music. I miss playing live music and um, um but it'll come back, you know? Yeah. And um yeah. you know, I was like we you know, we live in Brooklyn. We get I'm not sure if you ever been to Brooklyn Bowl. No, the only time I've ever been to Brooklyn was uh, for the Brooklyn Steel shows. Right. That was Valentine's Day. Yeah, that was like last. That was 2018? 2018. Yeah. 20, 2019. It was twenty nineteen? Yeah, it was twenty nineteen. It was twenty nineteen. Valentine's Day weekend. Yeah. Yeah, and then they did a Brooklyn Bowl show this year. But like, you know, uh, my band has played there a few times, and it's probably about like a 20, 30 minute drive from where we live. And it's like the clubhouse for like me and all my, you know, Brooklyn, New York City jam band people. So, you know, the usual suspects, three nights yeah. a week doing our thing, you know, whatever that is and having a good time. I, I'm sure that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So how long have you been doing that? Well, um, I managed a bar called American Beauty, um, which was uh open from the beginning of 2016 to the end of 2017 and um it's a, it was a grateful dead bar around the corner from madison square garden oh wow and right before like i had just started kind of getting into umphreys and at the end of 2014 and i was like that I wasn't really into any of the other jam bands nor did i have really any idea of how like that it's a small pond but it's a pretty big pond you know what yeah. I mean yeah um and I you know I just started I met all these people that were like regulars at the bar we had a performance space in the back we had like a 300 cap venue back there you know we had Marco Benevento play a Thanksgiving show you know we had um oh, what's that? um a lot of really talented bands come through so I'm sure you had the after parties if people were playing it at the garden yep nice before and after parties, our, our bar was like the spot for the Baker's Dozen um, after, you know, before and after shows. That was really, was insane. Oh, I bet. People going through our bar. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> I bet. You know, like a week and a half of, you know, like who did you have during that, that um, run? The Works played there. We had Electric Beethoven. Um, kind of put me on the spot. I'm not really like. <laughs> uh a lot of different acts we had a lot of like my like up clocks and clouds played like one of the pre-shows like we had a lot of local acts doing like the the pre-parties and stuff like that um yeah i mean it was cool it was a really cool time yeah i bet i mean how did you get into that job the owners of that place um was the same family that owned Webster Hall, which was a huge venue in New York City. Um, and my roommate at the time, or, or one of my best friends, was the general manager of Webster Hall. And he was my old roommate. 
and I had been working in a restaurant for like four years and they were changed. They were, you know, doing, they brought in a new chef. They're retooling the whole place. Right. Basically. And I was like, you know, I got to find a job. And I literally is the only job I applied to. And I got hired. They're like, can you pour a beer? I'm like, yeah, I guess. And I like, stuck <laughs> in the bar at like a, a, a fish Mexico stream, like right after new year's. And to that, I was like, who the fuck are all these people? Why do they like this shit so much? It doesn't make any sense. They love this. I don't get it. They like to drink too. This is good for me, you know? Like, and, you know, when I first started working there, it was very quiet. And, you know, by the time the place closed, it was like an institution, you know? So, and that's really, you know. Incredible. Yeah, one of my buddies that we, I used to party there a lot. We both have newborns now. We're like, what? What happened to us? <laughs> Staying up all night looks so different. This is a little different. Yeah, we're up all night for for different reasons now, right? For so, sure, for yeah. sure. <laughs> There's different crying involved now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A lot more yeah. Although I, I'll tell you, there are times with my kids, like as they get older, I'm sure you'll be able to attest to this that sometimes it's like taking care of the drunk friend when you're out <laughs> sometimes that's what it's like with the kids you're like oh, come on guys <laughs> see what you did you shouldn't have taken that last shot and now you're fucked up yeah, yeah. You now you don't feel good look at the bad choices you've made <laughs> here we are again okay cool can't take you anywhere <laughs> for sure yeah. pee in their pants everything yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plenty of friends like that. for sure me too <laughs> so let's talk about where you're from are you from brooklyn yeah yeah so i'm born and raised born in and brooklyn. raised nice um it's kind of an interesting place to be from as it's you know it was not the the hipsterfied brooklyn that I, that I grew up in, it happened, you know, like probably in the late nineties, early two thousands when it first started to change like that. It's a very different place. You know, I'm sitting in my parents' house in Flatbush and um, when in 1998, they bought this house. And within the first couple of months that I was here, I got held up at gunpoint across the street. Um, so, you know, Brooklyn has a very, like, when I was a kid and I told people that I was from Brooklyn, they're like, yo, whoa, you have a gun? And now it's like, I tell people that I'm from Brooklyn, they're like, oh, which, like, what's your favorite cold brew coffee spot? You know, so a lot has changed in a short amount of time, you know? That's incredible, I, though. I, That's I, good, though. That's good yeah. to hear that it's made a positive change. Yeah, yeah. Look, you know, you know, the people that have been here their whole lives, they'll have different opinions on that. I think it's mostly positive change, you know? Um, pretty privileged to live here and who have grown up here. The property value has gone up in like tenfold since we bought this house and my family, that is, you know? And wow. uh, yeah, but it's also like a really cool place to grow up because literally everything was here as, you know? So, um, you know, I was always riding the subway into the city with my parents when I was a little kid and then with my friends when I was a teenager, you know, going and doing things on my own, you know, um, and then just having access to music and, you know, all different stuff, so all the museums and, and, and theater and stuff like that. It's a really cool place to grow up. Um, and I don't, I wouldn't have changed that for anything, 
You know, our neighborhood that we live in here is one of the most diverse neighborhoods in the entire world, right? That's incredible. It's like, you know, you don't have that anywhere, right? We have all these different cultures living side by side and peacefully for the most part. Yeah. So I went to college down in North Carolina in Winston-Salem and it was not like that. In fact, you know, I'm half Italian and and like half like Eastern European, like Hungarian, Ukrainian. And I was not considered white in the South. And that was, it was yeah. interesting though. I, uh, I was born and raised in North Carolina. My dad was in the military. So mm -hmm. we lived uh, on Camp Lejeune and around there. So on the coast. And uh, yeah, I can attest to that yeah. being a true statement. It's, it's yeah. very, very interesting for sure. Yeah. So. Um, very cool you know, so uh, I learned a lot from that experience and, yeah yeah I'm sure you did yeah. Yeah. so what did you go to college for actually I studied I wanted to be an actor years ago okay I went to a a, a very uh difficult to get into uh, acting conservatory at North Carolina School of the Arts and um, did not really have a positive experience there. You know, when I went to high school, like I, I would play, I, like my senior year, I was in, my schedule was like, I had three music classes, economics and gym. And then I was in like in the, the high school plays like in the afternoons, right? I would like go hang out, I play guitar and bass all day. I'd like go to gym class and, and like, you know, and then I'd go be the actor in school. Right. When I got to this school, it was not, uh, I didn't have any of that. I didn't have music. I think was what it came down to. I didn't have that, that aspect. And it was a much, much smaller thing. And, you know, being in my um, late teens, early twenties is a kind of a, a difficult time for me, you know, transitioning from uh, you know, being a, an adolescent in, into a young adult was not easy for me at least. I don't, it's yeah. probably not easy for a lot of people. I don't think it's easy for anybody, honestly. Like, yeah. I think it's awkward for everyone. Yeah, so, you know, um, that being said, you know, I wound up finishing and, um, you know, a, a, several of my classmates are, you know, in films and television and stuff like that. So, you know, like we're watching, you know, television, like, oh, I went to college with that guy, or, oh, that's so-and-so, you know, like, um, but I got, I graduated, and I came home back to my, where I grew up in Brooklyn, and my brothers, I have two younger brothers who are twins, who are also musicians, and they're actually, you know, in, they've been in the band for basically, for all of 2019, it was of Clocks and Clouds, was with my brothers. Oh, and nice. Yeah, so that's the drummer and the lead guitarist are on, on the recordings that you've heard and uh, at least the live at Night Lights and, and the Brooklyn Bowl recording is, are my brothers on that. Nice. And, uh, you know, they were like, hey, well, you know, we're writing some songs. I'm like, oh, I'm writing some songs too. And we started playing in a band, you know, in New York City. They were in high school. I was like in my early 20s. We had no idea what we were doing. But we were, <laughs> we were playing venues in the village and stuff like that. And you know, I like uh, when I was, I don't know, I got to be sort of towards my late twenties. I decided I wasn't going to do anything else besides pursue music. You know, that's very cool. Yeah. 
So talk about growing up in Brooklyn and how that influenced you musically. Oh, I mean, when I was a kid, like, so, you know, my, my parents, my dad specifically had like a bunch of, you know, a pretty eclectic classic rock vinyl, like dire straits, like Chuck Berry, like guitar driven stuff was like my jam. And when I was like three years old, I made a guitar in my preschool out of wood and rubber bands. Like I made it, right? And I used to pretend when I was a kid that I was playing in a band and like running around my living room. Like it was all I wanted to do, right? And, you know, and then I started turning into kind of a, you know, punk rock, like stoner teen. And like, you know, my first concert was Primus at Nassau Coliseum in 1994. And Pretty decent for a show. <laughs> pretty sweet. I don't remember a lot of it because I have no idea what the hell was going on, right? I'm 12 years old. Yeah. And, um, you know, Metallica filmed a music video on our block when I was 16. Here, so I met the band. Um, it was like, you know, growing up here, all that stuff happening around you as a kid, you just feel like it's supposed to happen to you, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, and I was like, yeah, obviously, like, this is what's going on, right? And I was going to, went to CBGB's when I was a kid and seen some hardcore and punk and stuff like that there. And like, there was this band called Candiria that I was like really into that was like, um, if you liked like the heavy Umphreys stuff, like I'll, mm -hmm. I'll show you some stuff. It's like, a little abrasive but really nerdy mathematic like prog metal right i'll give it a shot super into for a while and they would all they also had like jazz tracks on their album and hip-hop on their album so it was like i guess i've come from like an urban feel right so you know sometimes when umphreys plays those like country style songs i just kind of tune out a little bit but you know i understand i understand you know yeah but um yeah, so just having access to all that, I think, was just, it was awesome, man. Just like, I bet. Being, a, being 16, 17 years old, getting on the subway, going into Manhattan and going into these places and be able to smoke in these places. People were smoking pot and just whatever. It was all, it was yeah. a scene. It was cool. Yeah. So, I mean, you were messing around and being a little kid with a guitar, but when did you seriously know that you wanted to, to play guitar and, and what was it that drove you there instead of another instrument? Well, you know, I've had an, an interesting relationship with the guitar, right? So I started playing when I was 12 years old and I still don't consider myself to be a, a, an extremely gifted player, right? And I've gone through um, peaks and valleys with the instrument, right? Or I've put it down for years at a time, picked it up and, you know, was in between bands like in my mid late 20s and I was like writing songs on the guitar and I was like this sucks like who wants to hear a freaking song by a white dude talking about his feelings right now playing a, a playing a guitar I was like this I, and I like put the guitar away and I started writing songs with like my computer and using like electronic you know, I use a, a program called Reason, which like was all of a sudden I have a MIDI keyboard I can play a symphony, right? So I sort of went down that road, and then um, it wasn't until like 
like I, I've sort of developed my sound over like in the past probably five years, which is, you know, I, I use a, a delay pedal with like a, a dry wet, um, like a expression pedal to kind of almost like to sound like clouds in a way, right? To have that kind of effect, right? Mm-hmm. I, I kind of just stumbled upon it sometime. I don't really remember how I, I got it. I use a lot of, I, I use a guitar more as like a soundscape than someone that I'm gonna like blow away like with my technique. But I've only gotten, um, only gotten more into, you know, learning about the guitar and music theory in terms of the instrument in the, in the past few years as I dive in and just keep learning. There's so much and it's like overwhelming, just like anything I'm sure, you know, like, mm-hmm. like oh, okay, I'm really good at this. Like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> For sure, oh, there's always so much. Too, right? So. Well, and there's but, so many people to draw influence from too. Yeah. So who would you say are some of your influences? Well, my early influences was like, you know, Jimi Hendrix and Kurt Cobain. Now it's like what I wanted to, to do. And then um, I got really into uh, the Flaming Lips a while ago. And I was really kind of, I was fascinated by Wayne Coyne's like charisma and stage affect and everything. But I was also really intrigued with uh, Steven in the band, who's like, who's there like, older drummer and now he's like sort of the the musical genius he plays the keys and he plays guitar he plays the tr- like that sort of multi-instrumentalist sort of deal i was really into tame impala for a minute there too and then you know i i saw umphreys at the stone pony in in 2014 and it it flipped me on my head you know like i was like my brother, I was there with my brothers and my brother, Tom, he says he remembers the exact moment. I think it was during Jajunk, beginning of the second set where like the music literally, like it almost like came off the stage and just punched me right in the face. And I was like, I, I can't believe these guys were playing like this. This is outrageous. I was floored. I didn't want to go to the show. You know, I had just like gone through a breakup and I was like pissed off and I was like, I want to do the this. Best the time for you to go. Yeah, I was like, "What the hell is this band? Humphreys? What? What the hell? All right, fine. Well, let's go. Let's hang out, guys." And I met I met my wife um, a few months after that show, uh, and and Nina will tell you the first six months that we were dating, the only thing I listened to was that show. I listened to it like every time I took a shower, I would listen to set two, starting with junk. I love that. It's a perfect night. And um, so, like, see those guys as, you know, virtuosic players. And it's really inspiring to me, you know, and also having the ability to, like, improvise like that. And so, you know, I was fortunate enough to be able to take a lesson with Bayless in April of this year. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd say, you know, if I was going to model myself at, you know, at, after one of the two guitarists and Umphreys would be Bayless, you know, that sort of like comper, more soulful playing, you know. You identify to, more with, with his yeah. style. So yeah, what yeah. was something that, what was your biggest takeaway from having that lesson with Bayless? Well, it's like, you know, I, I've, and I've met Joel and I've met, I've hung out with Chris a couple of times, like my friends, my friend Charlie and my brother, like 
befriended Chris at a, after a Stone Pony show. And like every time he comes to Brooklyn, like we or or plays in New York, we wind up like hanging for a bit after a show. Like he came and hung out with us. And um, but I still like get a little starstruck around. And I was, I also want to like impress the guy, right? It's like yeah, yeah. Like I don't like you know my goal. My goal, one of my goals is like one day I want to open for Umphreys. Like that would be the coolest shit ever. Yeah, right? I bet. But, so I was really nervous, um, but also like wanted to play it cool. But, you know, yeah. I, those guys are like super down to earth. Um, he was really chill, really patient. Uh, you know, he didn't really have anything planned. I didn't really have anything planned. I was like, show me some theory, how it pertains to the guitar we did a lot of stuff and you know just showing me some really basic stuff that i probably had overlooked and you know chord comping and and then uh he also taught me how to finger tap which is something i'd never that's learned cool. yeah <laughs> that's so neat yeah what an incredible experience i love the fact that we've been able to to do that during this time i've done a couple of private jake shows and my daughter's been taking lessons with joel and that's awesome yeah it's it's incredible to be able to support them right now because yeah. nobody's working but yeah. also to connect with them on these new levels and see them create and it's neat to hear joel teach my daughter how to play piano like hear oh. him do something in a different way it's kind of funny like yesterday he's like Oh, is your is your mom there? Or you're, you know, because he wanted to talk to me, and it was funny, like to hear Joel like refer to me like that. Like, is your yeah. mom standing there? And I'm like, yeah, that's me. That's so cool. <laughs> it's yeah, so I neat. Mean, so there's something to be said about just the scene in general, how, how close you can be to you know these rock star heroes of ours, which are you know without us, they they don't exist either. You know what I mean? And I think they know that, especially mm -hmm. like you know, the, with the way they make their music where half of their show is completely improvised, if we're not there, you know, it's a totally different experience. So, um, yeah, I, I love that kind of communal aspect. I love seeing the same people at the shows every night and high fives and just people having the best time. It's nothing like it. I miss it so much, you know? Yeah, really, me too. So. That's yeah. been like the hardest part for me has been not being able to see my friends and, you know, yeah. that connection is, it's, yeah. it sucks. Yeah. So how many shows have you been to on free shows? I mean, I'm not the guy that counts. So I'm not, I, don't yeah. have my, I don't have my stats. <laughs> some uh, people do, know. some people don't. No, I know. I, 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 I like, I can't do that yet. I don't know why, but I just, I, I think I'm in my, 30s now 30s and 40s nice so nice you know pretty much any show local between here and philly i've been to in the past um six years and uh and did 20 was it 2017 red rocks i think 20 yeah. 2016 i think 16. you mentioned red rocks oh, to me yeah yeah, yeah. So why don't you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so it was pretty rad. I was, you know, that's when I was working at American Beauty. And one of my regulars, this guy, Mike Luba, who was like, um, I think he was the manager for like Leftover Salmon or something something like that, or no, String Cheese. 
a strategic okay. manager. That's right. And he would, he lived across the street with his wife and he would come in every now and then. He'd have like, do like little business meetings at the bar, super chill guy, you know, always had a good relationship with him. And I, I had bought tickets to go to Red Rocks the night before I had come into work that day. And I was glowing. I was like, yeah, I'm super stoked, Mike. Just got tickets out to, I just booked a flight out to Colorado. I'm going to Red Rocks. And he's like, oh, do you need tickets? I was like, what? He goes, yeah, I know the manager. And he, he hooked me up with Vincent Winsky out there. And the they upgraded our tickets to VIP for, the, for all three nights. And so we're hanging out like with the band's people and, I didn't realize the first night, but the second night we realized we could actually just go backstage after the show with our passes. So that's incredible. You're like, oh, okay. This is fucking cool. Like, I'm like, I'm, you know, I went out there with, um, with my wife, who wasn't my wife at the time, but, and um, my brother and his girlfriend at the time. And, uh, you know, like, I can't believe that I'm here after just like, I like dip. I was like, oh, all right, what is this? And all of a sudden I'm fully submerged, you know, and in, in it and met some of my best friends out of that trip there as well, you know? That's so incredible. Yeah. I love super, that. What a cool place. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So besides Red Rocks, what are a couple of your other favorite venues you've seen them at? Uh, you know, I, I do love seeing them at the Beacon Theater a little bit, you know, even though there's not a lot of space, but I just mm -hmm. think I love that room. I think it's great and they look great in that room. And uh, this the Stone Pony for me, and that's like, you know, that's my favorite show of the year, generally speaking. It's just like, I know like all my people go there, right? We usually spend the day on the beach, right? Yes. Always, almost always great weather. And then the venue is like, you're right there. Like the boardwalk is right behind you. And then there's the ocean. Occasionally go skinny dipping after the show, you know, and they're right. <laughs> Depending on how you're feeling. Depending on how, you know, what they, what they encore with, you know. So. <laughs> and they always throw it down there. So, I mean, what an incredible place for you to get a first show. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And I was sort of like chasing the dragon after that, you know, it was yeah. like, you know, and it took me a long time to just realize that I had to let go and just let them do what they do and just soak it all in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So what, or how has Umphreys inspired you as a musician? Well, I mean, uh, it changed the way I, I thought about how to put on a show, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, so many bands, you know, there's, you know, in, in New York city that is, pop punk or whatever synth stuff and you know everyone's like cool and like good looking and it's like you know what like we're just here to like throw it down we're gonna change our setup a little bit every night we're gonna give ourselves space to you know improvise and see what happens every time we get on stage and that to me is like really exciting otherwise it just sort of becomes like karaoke in a way mm -hmm. right you're yeah. just doing the same show every night like it's just not exciting. And so right. getting on stage and not knowing what's going to happen is, is really cool. Part of the fun. Really cool. And, and you have to really listen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It keeps your, your muscles and your tools sharp 
you know, yeah. it, it keeps you like in tune and on your toes. And then also just sort of writing songs with more kind of prog elements to it, right? Like not, not being stuck in a genre, which is something that I really like about, you know, Humphreys, you know, that they can just, they had like multiple genres across one song and mm -hmm. it worked, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, like my, our song Worst Look sort of starts out almost like a Chili Pepper song and, and turns into like this, I don't know, like almost Tool-esque, like heavy outro thing, you know, like, so that sort of thing. It's been inspiring to me. Yeah, that was right. definitely one of the tracks that I really, really liked. Thank you. Yeah. So you talked about your dream one day opening up for Umphreys. So yeah, yeah. if you could sit in with them, what uh -huh. tune would you play? Uh, I would probably do In the Kitchen, even though. Like I could play through that without screwing it up. Like my <laughs> my favorite song, like if if I could like play Bridgeless flawlessly, it would be Bridgeless, but um, I would definitely fuck it up. So <laughs> I, I think I can pull off In the Kitchen with them and and croon a little bit maybe take a verse you know yeah so, i like it I like yeah it. yeah I, I think you could I mean, pull it off i think you could pull off bridgeless though too yeah i gotta work on that one <laughs> i can play most of it but it's it's fucking hard yeah. <laughs> all right That's well not, yeah let's talk I'll about so let's talk about your band of Clocks and Clouds. Yep. So when did you guys form? So, you know, I sort of touched on it a little bit earlier when I was, you know, when I started writing songs for this, it was all came out of like, you know, some electronic tracks that I wrote. And I was like, oh, I wrote all these things and let me turn it into an album. And I like worked on it with a friend of mine who was like, he used to mix the audio for like Dora the Explorer and Go Diego Go. Remember the show? <laughs> so he had access to a like a, a voiceover recording studio and we would, you know, meet up, you know, on the weekends or a couple nights a week and just track live instruments over this stuff and mix and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, I have an album. I guess I should start a band and to start playing live. And, you know, I, I met I met my first drummer, um, this guy Ross, uh, seeing him play another show. I, you know, I was like, when I get into stuff, I'm, I obsess over it. So I was like, who's playing in bands here? And I was always going out and trying to meet people. And I saw him play. And, um, you know, I asked him if you, if after he, I, he was playing, if he had, uh, if he knew any drummers. And he was like, yeah, me. And he's like, I'm quitting that band actually. So I, <laughs> so we wound up like a lot of that stuff, you know, he had a, he has a house in South Brooklyn and, and a studio in his basement. And I get there and his house is covered in clocks. Like his, his aunt that owned the house before she passed, like had an obsession with clocks. So there are little like cuckoo clocks and random clocks all around his house. I was like, this is really kind of weird, huh? So, yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, I started writing stuff um, 
and then it's like I wrote that song "What You Need," which sort of like was like a, a, a rebranding moment for us, where I was all of a sudden people were hearing that song, and like, oh, this is really good, right? Like it's got like this pop feel. We got played on the radio in in the UK, and um, we shot a music video for it and stuff like that, and you know. Uh, it's a lot of stuff and we recorded that album the two of us in his basement you know over the course of like probably six months to a year and just recorded everything ourselves and um you know i'm proud of those first first two albums and um and then uh you know it was right around that time i, I saw i'm and ross was not into jam bands at all so it was like this a little bit of a uh was definitely a, a source of tension between us and um you know but you know we got to play um you know uh we got to open for moon hooch on a on a boat in new york That's city cool. which is freaking awesome and you know um my old bass player who's now my new bass player again this guy max he plays a, a five string like claypool like he's a really talented guys so we were doing some dark kind of like heavy stuff together and that was really cool we had a really talented keyboard player and then um ross decided that he was he was going to leave the band at the end of 2018 and um and then max wound up getting himself kicked out of brooklyn bowl right before we played so i had to sort of reform this is, this is the, the joys of being an independent artist, right? <laughs> or being in a band in general. So I'm just like, I'm, you know, the reason I'm I'm talking to you right now and that I'm still playing music because I'm freaking stubborn. And I, I'm I, like, I love it, right? But I just will never give up because I believe in myself and I believe in what I'm doing. And, uh, and that's Good. really like, you Good. know. Yeah, so, and, and I've, you know, we have some cool, cool songs and a different vibe. And like, I think there's a place for us. So, um, yeah, I agree. You know, 2019, we're like getting more, like we sounded more like a jam band than ever before with my brothers being huge fish fans and taking that element into it. And my brother, Tom, just and shredding on the guitar and Nick just ripping it on the drums. So my job was a lot easier last year than, than it is now, you know? Yeah. 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 So talk about the name. Where did where did that come from? Is it inspired by all the clocks? No, so I came up with the name. I used to get I used to have a subscription to Wired magazine, right? Okay. And um there was like this little blurb in it. Um it was about this German scientific philosopher named Karl Popper from like the early 1930s, and he wrote uh like a, a paper on measurable events right that in this world it's things are made up of two different things the things like clocks are easily measured and you know you can always count on it and it stays the same right mm -hmm. and then everything else is clouds right so, okay so you like that's constant change okay not able to be contained or measured right so i was like oh that's really really cool i love like the concept of like of you know something that's like like my computer tracks are to a metronome and they never change and then i'll just throw the clouds on top right 
but also became sort of like the, the mission statement, right? So that's that's where I got the name. And that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and that's such a cool like analogy too, to even think about. Like that's yeah. incredible. Yeah, and it's like a little well, I'm like, you know, should have come up with like a bird for the name of my my band, something like that, like <laughs> the penguins or I don't know. I I, I like I like yeah. the talking clouds. That's fantastic. It's now the I know the reason. That's great. I love that. So let's unfortunately talk about COVID. Um, how has that obviously it's impacted everybody in the music industry? But what were some of the things that you guys had planned for 2020 that didn't wind up happening? We had some really cool stuff lined up. Um, we had some festivals in, you know, Western New York that we're looking forward to playing. And yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, where are you from, Sarah? I'm from Western New York. I live right outside Buffalo. Oh, okay. Were you at Nightlights last year? No, I wasn't. We talked about going to, and we didn't. I I don't remember if we were at something else or just didn't work out. But it's like two hours from my house. Yeah, yeah. Everyone was from Buffalo there. Yeah. So yeah. Um, not strange creek but there was some other festival and then you know we had a, a big show at brooklyn bowl with the new motif um right. we were going to be playing with uh is it runaway gin like a uh at mercury yeah. lounge we had a lot of stuff and that was just sort of we were planning a big halloween show with uh you know our friends in space bacon here um they're like one of like the, the big New York City jam band, mm -hmm. jam mm -hmm. bands. and uh, you know it's just everything is delayed or complete or just canceled. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, it's um, there's a lot of frustration. This is now like you know what are we like eight or nine months into this, and it's like mm -hmm. basically just life. You know, so. Uh, yeah, um, my, my, my buddy uh, texted me last night. It was like, I'm listening to the, um, the Brooklyn Bowl show from, from the 19th, the Humphreys show of January. And I was like, Jesus Christ, it feels like it was 10 years ago. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it feels like, so, I mean, at some point we'll get it back. I just don't, it's, it's hard to, to know because you just there's no end in sight and the way things are going right now it's really really sad it's really scary but we'll, we'll get through music will be back and it'll be different than it was but better you know we'll maybe appreciate all those nights a little bit more than we did yeah you know and and um yeah, but there was a lot of stuff that we had planned and, you know, we talked about maybe even going out to, to Boondocks and recording out there, you know. Nice, nice. Yeah. That would be an incredible experience. It's one of yeah. my favorite places and, and it's an amazing place to create. So hopefully that happens for you. Yeah, I'd like to, to get out there one sometime. You know, yeah. I've been focused on being a dad and, um, yeah. and you know, I... I I work for a solar company, so 
been really busy with work as you know and um but like really the only thing missing from my life is is that music right now you know yeah yeah what is what has your band been able to do in 2020 to still be able to create or get music out to to fans have you guys done any live streams or anything like that well you know this was sort of like the band sort of disbanded uh, you know like um my brothers are sort of doing their own thing right now our bass player moved down to maryland indefinitely right so there was a lot of um and there still is some unknown stuff happening and uh, as far as what the future holds but you know i wanted to release that live album because i thought it was it like book ended that time right so now i'm i'm working with my old bass player max and um reviving some of the like more proggy stuff that only he can play on the bass because of his his style and the stuff that we wrote together that was never recorded and we're looking to record that stuff uh over the this this winter and then you know we're we're getting together you know once or twice a week in our my rehearsal space here in brooklyn um you know and uh yeah i mean if i don't I like I feel like Jack Nicholson from The Shining sometimes like if I don't get if I don't get out there and do that like once or twice a week I like fucking lose it so yeah. it's really really it's good and healthy for everybody in my family that I'm doing that and uh, <laughs> um and the music is cool I'll send you some um some recordings of uh that stuff yeah please do I'll definitely listen to it that'd be super awesome yeah but you know, it's it's been a really challenging year, um, yeah. and um, but like I said, I'm not I'm not done, and I'm not giving up. We'll we'll be back when the time is right, and we'll be a force to be reckoned with. So I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the release from Nightlights Music Festival in 2019, and mentioned a little bit ago. It's in New York, it's in Sherman, New York, which is like right. two hours from me in Buffalo. Yeah. Um, so is that the first music festival you ever played? So we played um, Disc Jam Festival. Uh, okay. I played that twice in 2018 and 2019. And um, so like in 2018, when we were playing Disc Jam it was like Saturday at like two o'clock and and we're starting to like load our gear onto the stage and this guy shows up and he's like hey i'm i'm eli i'm like yeah he's like i'm sitting in with you guys i'm like what he's like it's eli winderman from dopapod and i hadn't realized that on our writer you had could choose like any of the artists at large to come and and sit in with you right and i just was like oh, i'll pick eli i love dopapod like but i didn't even like i was like nervous and i didn't realize who he was at the time Mm -hmm. And so, but we wound up doing a song with him, which is rad. Um, yeah. And then, you know, we got to, we got to do a jam with, with Rob Compa uh, this year. So I really, really respect those dudes a lot. They're tremendous musicians and Dobapod is sick. So yeah. um, what an awesome experience. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And, and, you know, 
we warmed up that stage and girl talk closed it out that night and it was wild to just be a part of that it was a really really fun weekend and um you know <coughs> you work hard for so long and you have these little moments where you're like oh wow like where I am compared to what I was doing before you know <laughs> you're like this is actually like I'm actually getting somewhere here yeah. awesome <laughs> yeah it's pretty cool yeah sure. and you know I, I like Nightlights released like the video of our set and I was like because I didn't have the audio and I saw the video I was like the audio is like we sounded pretty freaking good yeah good stuff happening here so yeah. I sent it over to to my boy Ernie and I was like, Ernie, make this sound less shitty. And he did. And he does. He's uh, <laughs> like, here you go. It's less shitty now. Good job. It's good to have somebody like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, now, Ernie, Ernie, uh, I'm going to butcher his last name. But yeah, he's a, he's a brilliant mastering artist. And um, yeah, he he just, he took that audio, he made it sound clean and, and boosted some things. And uh, I was like, you know what, let's, let's release this thing. Let's send it over. You know, we got a nice little write up and live for live music and nice, um, you know, just, just want to keep releasing stuff. And, you know, it's a good time to, to be cultivating and, and, and stuff. And for uh, sure, uh, but also an extremely difficult time to be an independent artist. So I, I really appreciate you um listening to my music first and foremost and then offering the, the, me this opportunity to speak with you of course i'm so yeah. happy that you know we were able to make it happen and have you on i'm i'm grateful now personally i'm grateful for my show now to give me an outlet creatively um you know being a mom and having the kids home all the time and stuff it's like you said it's good for my family that I have this show. <laughs> but I'm, I'm also really grateful that I can use this platform to support artists and other people right now that really need to have a spotlight on their music or their craft or, you know, and it gives people, you know, you have time to listen to new stuff right now. So yeah. I really enjoyed your, your interview with Bayless. Thank you. Um, that was cool. Uh, the kids interrupting the whole time. <laughs> no, I mean, you know what? here we are this is it this is life in 2020 yeah, yeah. <laughs> five years from now we're gonna look back at this time and be like hey remember when we were all trapped inside our houses and everything sucked and we look at us we survived it we did it yay yeah <laughs> corona baby you know i think that we're gonna look back on this time and I, maybe not everybody you know, but me personally, I, I know I'm going to look back at this time and, and be grateful for a lot of things. Like sure. we talked about the opportunity, like really, would you have had the opportunity to take a lesson with Bayless unless this happened? Like, yeah, yeah. you know, there's, yeah. yeah. Being able to just be home and around while, while my, my little girl's here, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. And then the time when so much change happens when they're that little, it's, it's incredible. So you're a new um freak parent. I mean, what yeah. is what is yeah. being an um freak parent mean to you right now? Uh, I'm looking forward to um, ruining my child's life with my poor music taste. <laughs> well, my youngest is five and he's been to yeah. 15 shows already and he's really? a little addicted to. Yeah, we That's take him awesome. everywhere with us. That's all. He likes it. He loves it. He's he, his name is Brendan. 
He's oh, named wow. after Bayless. Yeah. And he got to meet him when he was like six months old. I have a picture of the two of them. <laughs> so my wife is not quite an um freak like I am. She loves, every time she goes to the show, she loves it, right? Like, nice. um, thank God. But, That's definitely uh, a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But she's like, I can't, I can't do what you do, which is like get in the, get in the car and drive places and barely sleep and yeah you know, do it come with me and it's like well i got my own crew you know <laughs> um but my wife is cool and our girl will will have eclectic taste and be able to decide what she likes and you know she's seen some umpre streams she's seen some fish streams you know very early on she was like my wife was pregnant when we took her when we went to see Tool. So nice. You know, she's already been to a couple of shows like in in utero. So hey, it counts. Yeah. It yeah, counts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we used to get the headphones and snow cones and put them on my stomach yeah. at the Umbree oh, wow. show, and he <laughs> would love it. He loves it so much. He's just a little <laughs> little tour monster. He's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, uh, I'm. Last summer, I flew down to St. Peter's, Florida, to visit my uncle, um, who was like 65, I think, like that. And I was like, he flew me down. I stayed one night, and we went to see Humphreys at uh, Janice Live. And so we had plan we were planning that, and he's like been living in this like, you know, this like apartment complex, and they have a pool. And he wound up meeting this younger couple that was also going to the show and they had like a box in the balcony with like a bar and like everything. And they're like, do you and your nephew want to come and hang out with us in our box? And he's like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually I would love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so like he had never been to a jam band show like that. I got him all fucked up and, uh, <laughs> and uh, we had the best time. And then like a few weeks later, the Disco Biscuits were playing down there. He's like, Joe, should, should I go to the Disco Biscuits? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> do it. And I like, would see my uncle on like the live stream, like in the front row, like, like, like. <laughs> so there's a quick de-evolution that happens to all of us, I guess. you know? That's I'm, incredible. I like the Disco Biscuits too, you don't get me wrong, but like, you know, it's like, whoa, all right. <laughs> have a good time. That's incredible. That's yeah. really funny. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I have one final question for you. All right. So describe Umphreys in three words. Um, wow. Let me think. I want to say Dark, okay. Um, huge. That's a good one. And maybe like balloons or something like that. Like something just like there's there's something silly about it too. Like it's like goofy and you know I was listening to their acoustic set and listening to like Brendan and Jake just like be dorks. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. They just don't take themselves too seriously. Yeah, it's great. I always my favorite thing to do is go to an opera show and and just 
I love when, when it gets heavy and dark and weird and and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot. Yeah. I met I met some of my best friends at Humphrey shows. My buddy Oliver. I met him at Oliver Burkhat. If you're if you hear this and talk about our our first first night together, buddy. And, uh, <laughs> Um, we're, was at Peach Music Fest, I think, with 2017, 2018. And me and my brother and my friend were looking for our friend Kenny. We had his chair and his phone, and he was <laughs> off somewhere, right? So, like, Umphreys had played, like, a 2 o'clock set, and they were going to play, like, a midnight set. Like, it was the longest set break of all time, right? And we go down to the, to the pavilion area, and lo and behold, there's Kenny. We return his stuff, and he's thrilled. And he's like, hey, meet, meet Oliver. I'm like, hey, Oliver, what's up? Do you like Umphreys? And he's like, I love Umphreys. And I'm like, me too. And it's like, it's like the scene in, scene in Step Brothers. Like, did we just become best friends? Do you want to do Karate in Garage? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> I've definitely met a lot yeah. of my really close Umphreys yeah. friends the same way. Yeah. It's like, okay, cool. Let's like do this then, right? Yeah. I've had an encounter in a grocery store because of a hat I was wearing like that before too. The girl was like, does that hat say Umphreys McGee on it? And I'm like, yeah. yeah. She's like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> We're like by the milk and all these old yeah. people are looking at us all weird. Yeah. That's your milk right here. Nah. Yeah. Um, nice. <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny you know it's like you tell people that have never heard of the band what your favorite band is and like oh okay yeah they're anyway. expecting something that they've yeah. heard of before yeah what do you want me to say seal <laughs> like who's your favorite band the rolling stones you loser <laughs> sorry <laughs> no it's true though it's so true they always like people will ask you and then you tell them and they're almost like offended in a way they're like, they're like oh okay. i don't know what that means so i'm not gonna <laughs> ask you any more questions about it what are those words you're yeah. saying <laughs> yeah That's good. so here i am you know in my late 30s addicted to jam bands so yeah yeah. I'm okay. I'm I'm totally okay with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there I'm, are worse things I could be into. <laughs> absolutely. I'm having serious withdrawals right now, though. So, gotta, well, yeah. that that private Jake show certainly uh gets the satisfies the itch for sure. So, I recommend you do one of those because right. it's Fair amazing. Enough. They're awesome. When I I spoke with Jake outside of Brooklyn Steel a couple winters ago, right? I ran into him at, at the end of the second night, I believe. And, you know, I was like, Jake, like, you're the man. Like, and then he just like, he, I, I think I asked him like what he thought of the show. And he's like, oh, I thought it was great. And he just talked about how the harmonic structure from start to finish, how they like, you know, changed the chords and, and the keys to, to follow some sort of structure. And I was, talking to him and like i've always known that he's extremely gifted obviously but i'm like wow you are fucking out of your mind you're like the way you're you see the world completely differently than i do this is incredible. yeah yeah oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. 
it's it's incredible yeah. when you are doing those shows and I mean he's in boondock creating and yeah he's got a map but he's gonna go off on a side trip here and yeah. it's just incredible to watch him in those moments yeah. just you're like holy shit like yeah. watching this master create art like that it's it's an yeah, incredible it's thing yeah yeah and uh I told I told Bayless at my guitar lesson that I'd hung out with uh with Chris and he goes oh yeah was he super awkward I was like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know you mentioned it it's a little awkward but nice guy <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Stuff. Awesome. Well, is there anything else that maybe I didn't touch on you wanted to make sure we included? Um, no, I think this was great. I, you know, for anyone that's listening, I appreciate, you know, if you guys find some time to listen to my music, I'd be very grateful for that. Uh, we got some cool stuff on, you know, all the, the streaming platforms it's of clocks and clouds and, got this new live release with uh, some extended jams on there. There's a couple of like 15 minute tracks. Um, so, you know, if you're looking for something new, that's sort of uninspired, you know, give us a spin and, and uh, you know, find me on Facebook or whatever. Um, look forward to meeting you guys in the future. If I haven't met you yet. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to meet you when we can and, Certainly, if your band is ever in the Buffalo area, please hit me up for sure. I'd love to come see you guys play anyways, but, you know, yeah. promote the shit out make, of you guys coming here. Trying to make it easier for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this was incredible. I'm so grateful that we were finally able to chat. Yeah. Thanks, Sarah. I really appreciate it. It's nice meeting you. And um, yeah, nice meeting let you me too. know if you need anything from me. All right. I absolutely sure. will. Thank you, you for your York time. City, definitely hit me up. I will, for sure. I will. All right. Well, Take care. So that's it for this week. Thank you again to Joe for your time. It was such a pleasure to meet you and chat with you. There are a bunch of links in the show notes for anything Joe or I may have referenced throughout our conversation. Also, everything you need to check out his band of Clocks and Clouds, where you can binge listen past episodes book your own conversation, and be a guest. Subscribe to the DATC YouTube channel where you can find the brand new Dropped Among This Crowd Etsy store. Subscribe to Conduit E-Magazine and a ton more. So check all of that out. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you around these parts next week. Mad love. <laughs>